another edition of Two Steps Ahead Podcast. Two Steps Ahead Podcast highlighting the stuff we've stepped in so you don't have to. That is, if you listen to us. <laughs> I'm Son Edom, alongside somebody who, from the top, made it drop, Tara Hokshiro. Hey, guys. Welcome back. Good to see you. Hey, so you have a uh, TikTok account or page, don't you? I do. It's very lonely, actually. Well, you need to WAP. Uh, yeah. <laughs> you need to WAP it out. Maybe that's what it is. Maybe. Get some uh, fans on WAP. <laughs> so you haven't done that? You haven't no. done the WAP? You haven't uh, no. from the top made a drop? I have uh, two, two or three videos. Right. It's it's very lonely page, yes. Get the mop? No. 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 Do you know what I'm talking about? I do. Cardi B? Yes, Cardi B. And the uh, from her, her song WAP that's become a trend on TikTok. Now, you only have three but do you ever scroll through TikTok and see the different videos? Like, have you ever, you never, you've never wanted to do that, uh, that trend where you throw the shoe in the air and then you kick it and then you're dressed kind of Jane, you know, like plain Jane <laughs> and then you kick it and now you're just like some glam gal? I've seen the trends, but I don't, I don't spend a lot of time scrolling through TikTok. I scroll through other social media platforms. Never done that. Not TikTok. Dun, 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 dun. Yeah. <laughs> not, not that one either? No, not that one? What no. about the uh, the uh, Taylor Swift with the Romeo and Juliet, and then you push the camera, and then you do your dance or your walk? Didn't no. do that one either? No. Have you done any of these? No. No. Well, how about the, uh, what's your name? Where are you from? What's your drink when you get drunk? You haven't done that one? That's uh, country music. I, may, I maybe have said that in real yeah. life, but not. <laughs> no, 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 on TikTok. Not on song. TikTok. Uh, what about the, um, there is one that I do like. Okay, so I'll sometimes <laughs> scroll through it, and uh, like I said, there's all different kinds of things on there. Some of it's repetitive and, and gets annoying. Uh, some of them are really good. Like I saw one, one time, a version. Because the thing that, to me, makes it really kind of hard to watch, it's the same thing over and over. Yes. But I, what I like to look for is the unique and the creative one. So I know there's some rule in TikTok where you're supposed to watch the entire video, but if within three seconds, if I'm bored, gone. <laughs> but so I like to try to see who comes up with the most unique version of this trend that everyone else seems to do. Mm-hmm. So there's been some unique ones uh, that people have come up with. But like uh, one person that I really like to follow is this gal who teaches ASL, which is sign language. And so she teaches the dirty word of the day. And, <laughs> and if you're on YouTube or Instagram TV, you would see me sign that. And so, like, for example, um, she'll teach you dirty words and how to sign it. And so I'm learning how to uh, basically. And so we can't, you can't say what you just signed because that would be. No, this is, this is dirty when you put your hand under oh, your chin. Oh, I see. Okay. Like you're at the top of your palm on your chin or the back of your hand, I guess, on your chin. You wave that. Supposedly that's dirty from what I could think. Word is you kind of make your, your finger and then your other hand with like a V. You have to go to YouTube and see this or Instagram TV. And then uh, word of the day is I guess you just take your arms like this. Okay. Nothing like a visual on an audio platform. And so anyway, so she'll teach some dirty words. And so now I can walk around and basically just be profane in um, In sign sign language. language. (laughs) But one thing that I did find was interesting is that if you you are familiar with the old rock on sign, which you've done before in videos and on uh, the things that we have on Instagram. So you take your, your fingers and you have your... Pinky finger and you have your pointer finger and you put them up extended and then you take your two middle fingers and you drop them and you have your thumb in. In the rock world, that's rock on. I think Dio was the guy. I think James Dio. I think his name is James. He was the one that I guess is kind of um, credited with the first one of doing it. But I've also learned that in sign language, that's a more common term for BS. 
like actual bull ass. <laughs> and so I'm like, yeah, rock on BS. And then there's some other things too that I just. So if you want to call through. people out for yes. BS, you just do that. I might do that. Start doing that to the TV screen. Yes, and so you don't have to use profanity. So you yes. know when you're driving. <laughs> so when you're driving. Oh, there's other ones too. So instead of like flipping people off, I know how to sign without using the flip off sign. You know, tell people the very handy f off. Very handy. Um, so yeah, so there's a lot of cool things. So I like that one a lot. Um, another one that I kind of enjoy watching, although it does get redundant because there's only so many ways you can remove a beehive or bee colony. Mm-hmm. But I've learned that, you know, if you see a bee, like honeybees, mm-hmm. they're usually passive. If you approach them passively, I don't recommend you do it. But the whole key was it was funny because she'd scoop them up and she'd put them in like this makeshift porta hive that she's going to then, you know, transfer them from their location, their current location to a new location. But the thing is, it's funny because once you find the queen, she'll put the queen bee in this like special little carry case. She'll put that in the portable hive, and then just automatically the bees just go to it. Right. So, so once you find the queen, you put that in there. Right. Uh, there's another one, a tortoise. It's like a 40-pound tortoise. And so it'll just, like, have, like, random. So, again, it's boring because you only do so much with the tortoise. Uh, there's no hair. You know, it's not like they're racing or anything. Um, so that's been kind of unique. So there's been some fun things on there. But the biggest trend right now is this WAP with Cardi B. Mm-hmm. Now, when it comes to music, I'm pretty um, – liberal with lyrics i understand that music is what it is and i enjoy all kinds of music and there's even songs that you know i enjoy that maybe others might think how can you like that music okay but there are songs but this cardi b's wop which you can google it if you want to figure out exactly what it is it's pretty much in your face and vulgar sexualized vulgarity and um and now it's a big trend where people on tiktok will dance to it and basically what they do kick their leg in the air and then they'll squat legs open, and then the flop on the ground like a fish out of water <laughs> and do this provocative dance. And, you know, some of them are in uh, more provocative clothing. Mm-hmm. I'm sure you've seen this. I've seen a bunch of them, yeah. Yeah, okay. Yeah. And so what yeah. – uh, so first off, I guess what is or are, is or are, depending on how many you have, your impressions on people, A, doing that, and then just what about the song in general and how it might affect, you know – you know, women and especially the younger generation that's coming up and this is the stuff they're listening to. Yeah. When I look at those videos, honestly, it's embarrassing. I feel bad for that because, because there, you know, there are not very many good dancers. And so they, <laughs> they're most of them are poor versions of the dance and it's funny to laugh at instead of laugh with. So I, you know, I personally don't get it, but there's a lot of it's interesting it's always fascinating to me that um the confusion of women and I'm part of that it's it's hard it's a very confusing thing to be a woman because it's are we supposed to be sexy are we supposed to be smart now with the me too movement if we um are approached a certain way it's offensive um even though our bodies are used in a sexual way to sell things to sell products so and then, you know, it's, it's hard when we see men looking at a magazine cover or looking at a video and they're oogling over the woman. And there's a part of us sometimes that I think, gosh, you know, the woman walks into a room and all the eyes turn like, okay, you know, we want to have, have attention too, but it's, but it's the wrong kind of attention. But, um, so it's confusing. Like we want to dress up and look nice, but then we don't want people to treat us, you know, poorly. And then, you know, there's this dance, there's this WAP where it's so over the top 
um, vulgar um, that women are trying to do. And because I, because I don't know, we want to participate. We want to, you know, meet the challenge, see if we can do it. We want to belong. I don't know. Um, but this whole Me Too movement thing, it just kind of is, I think it blurs the lines a lot because women are used, you know, in a sexual way to sell products. Like, you know, we mentioned um, Victoria's Secret. You know, Carl's Jr. was one for a while. Thank God they took those commercials off Oh, with the Paris Hilton on the car? Oh, my gosh. I, every time the those commercials came on TV, I just would wanted to – it was just – Eat a burger? No. No. No, no I completely I, – I, it was so offensive every time that commercial came on. Um, okay. Let me ask you, though, but why? I'm just curious as to why, personally for you – it's offensive as opposed to empowering women. I don't think that empowerment comes from your body, like the way that you can use your body. I think it's because we all are born differently, right? We all have different genes. Some women, because what we're saying is. I have Jordash. <laughs> what we're saying is like if you're born a certain way, like say that like Paris Hilton um, then you have power. But if you're born heavy or short or um, too thin or anything that's outside of, you know, Paris Hilton, a different color, a different nationality, different, you know, whatever, then you don't have power. And I think that's just wrong, right? Because that's, it's, it, there, she's just using the genetics that she was given and she's using it in a sexual, in that particular commercial, um, in a sexual way. And I don't think that that's power at all. I think that's exploitation. Like it's, I don't know, it's cheap, I guess, but it, it was offensive because, you know, I'm sitting there all of a sudden, you know, we're sitting in the living room with my husband or with my kids. And all of a sudden, you know, this woman comes on the TV and she's gyrating all over the place, trying to sell a hamburger. And it's offensive because instinctually as a woman, I know that that's something nice to look at, right? I was and distracted so, by the car, actually. Yeah, I'm sure you were. And so it's like, so am I supposed to identify with that? Am I supposed to act that way to turn my husband on? Am I supposed to dress that way? Am I supposed to, like, it's just, it's it just, it's just so, I don't know, offensive. Well, because the other thing, too, is when you take a look at some of these trends that come out, okay, I remember there was a time where you could call somebody, especially, like, maybe if you were the older generation, maybe... Maybe our parents' age or maybe our grandparents' age where you could call someone sweetheart or you can call someone by a term of endearment mm -hmm. that was accepted back then, but now today it's not. Okay. So for example, let's mm -hmm. say how many women are on there doing the WAP on TikTok, mm -hmm. but then if you see them at the office, say, Hey, sweetheart, how's it going? They're going to get upset and mad. Well, exactly. Yeah, we're giving we're giving mixed messages. We're saying we can be the sex object, and look, I'm going to dance this dance to this vulgar song, and but then don't treat me the way that I'm dancing. Don't talk to me like that. Like I, I don't. That's a, that's a, talking out of both sides of your mouth. <laughs> so, so okay, so you didn't wop when twerking came out. Did you twerk? No, you didn't even twerk. No. See, it's interesting because when you take a look at from twerking, which is actually pretty innocent compared to this. Um, how we evolve over time, and we seem to get progressively worse. I mean, you think back to early music, okay, maybe in the 40s, where you have people suit and tie, or maybe they're dressed in a, a formal gown and they're performing. And then, you know, Elvis comes along, Elvis Presley, and he starts gyrating his <laughs> hips, and it becomes all scandal. Yeah. 
You know, that's the worst thing ever. And then you have, you know, Jim Morrison of the Doors, you know, doing his thing on the Ed Sullivan show. And then I think at one point, I think he dropped his trowel at a concert and incited a riot. Um, and so then, you know, we seem like to be progressively getting worse and worse. But yet as our actions tend to be getting worse and worse, our demand is for more respect or for more equality or for more empowerment or for more whatever. And it's almost like our actions and our expectations of what we want and demand are going in opposite directions. Yeah. Yeah. I would agree with that. And I think the whole, the twerking or the, the, the WAP, uh, right. Yeah. WAP. Get WAP down. All of a sudden I had, um, brain fart. Um, the WAP dance is, it's, it's a call to action. <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah, it's a mating call. It's a call to action. So to say to so to do the call to action and just to kind of, you know, insinuate, okay, here I am and and here we go, especially to the lyrics to that song, because that's basically what the song is saying. Um, And, you know, so I, I think it just sends a really like mixed message. And the Super Bowl show, again, you know, was um same type of thing. It's like a call to action. But then, you know, we have the Me Too movement and saying, okay, but you need to respect me and treat me a certain way. So I think women need to catch up because, like I had mentioned before, on previous podcasts, you know, when I was in college the first time, way back in the 80s, um, there was, you know, I lived in a co-ed dorm and there the guys would put... Um, um, pornos, porn movies on, they would like use a projector. We didn't have, you know, technology back then. <laughs> so it was like the, the projector and, you know, flashing it up on the wall. And that was just the norm, sadly. Linda Lovelace on the side of the frat house. Yeah. Right. And so that was just the norm and, and girls were expected to, it's like that was their identity. That was what they were expecting. And, um, you just, you know, you, you fall into that role, I guess, if you're, if you're, you know, lost and confused like I was. And so it just becomes like, okay, we are, that's what, you know, women, men say things to us and we just kind of get used to it in a way that we, it's like, okay, well, this is just normal. Unfortunately, See, it's almost it's like, not okay. No, but it's almost like, okay, when sexual harassment really started to hit the uh, the mainstream. I'm not talking about the Me Too movement. Prior to it, it was kind of like okay, when you were dating, you'd ask somebody out, they say no. So you'd ask somebody out, they say no, and you kind of be persistent. And then after the fifth or sixth time, the girl finally says yes, and then they go on and end up getting married and have happily ever after. But once the sexual harassment movement came on, then after you ask once and they say no, you're not supposed to keep pursuing, right? Because it becomes bad. That you're, you're now harassing the person because they keep saying no. But what happened to the old way of like the chase? You know, women like to play, you know, the, the game of the chase. Oh, so, you know, I want to be hunted down, not hunted. Maybe that's the wrong <laughs> word. But, you know, chase down, wooed, uh, you know, swept off your feet, whatever, you know. Mm-hmm. And so then it was like, now we can't do that because once we say no, you can't pursue. Well, I think there's a difference between wooing, the old word, the old fashioned mm-hmm. word of, of, you know, trying to win somebody over, um, and harassment. 
I think there's a difference. But I think, but, but what I'm talking about is here, there is a difference. But what I'm saying is that there was all of a sudden a line. And so now guys were afraid to even ask anybody out. Right. Because I think that I don't want to be accused of harassment. I ask you out once you say, Oh no, but I hear a little hesitation, something. Okay. Is she being mm-hmm. flirtatious and wanting me to pursue a little bit more and, and do the wooing? Or is it just like, okay, no, I'm done. And then she's like, well, I, I was interested. Well, you said no. Mm-hmm. So I stopped. It's like, well, I was, you know, Right. So in addition to everything else that's in our world, our communication techniques have completely gone down the toilet. No doesn't mean no. People have a hard time saying no because they feel bad. They don't want to hurt somebody's feelings. So no doesn't always mean no or yes doesn't always mean yes. So, yeah, there's a whole communication dynamic that that we um, struggle with. But I think when it gets into harassment, it's when there's a safety issue. It's when there's um, now women will say you're harassing me like like you said, um, if you, I've already, you know, like if, if you ask a girl out and she says no, then the second time they're like, they're, you know, saying harassment. That's, that to me indicates that they don't understand the harassment or they don't know how to handle, you know, situations. If you're being nice and if you're wooing someone, bringing them flowers or talking to them, you know, on a regular basis or whatever, there's a difference between if she's feeling unsafe and if, if the guy's doing unsafe things, showing up out of nowhere or, you know, stalking or whatever, then then that would be, you know, harassment. But I do think that there's a lot of women who, um, a lot of people, I should say, men and women, who, who overreact to certain things. Like people just fly off the handle for no reason sometimes. And you're just like, wow, what is all this hysteria about? So, but I don't, I think, I think that's my point is that the women, I think we're talking out of both sides of our mouths. I think that we, there's a difference between giving a woman a compliment and like there was a guy. <laughs> so, so I'm, I'm older. So I grew up in this generation of men saying things to, to women, right? So I'm not that it's okay, but I'm used to it. So I get a lot of the sweetie and the sweetheart and darling and, I, that doesn't necessarily bother me. I don't get corked up about it. But this guy, I was, <laughs> I was at this fundraiser and we were setting up and I had, I literally had two, um, melons in my hands. And I guess, I guess they must have been like a, a musk melon or a cantaloupe or something like that. It wasn't a watermelon. They're, so I had one in each hand, right? And I'm whole, I'm carrying them like this. And this guy, this old guy, old white guy, gray hair is like nice melons. And I was like, Dude, are you serious? It's like 2019 and you're still talking like that? Well, it was an old, you know, white guy with gray hair. So he is of that generation, you know, to make the comments to women. But it's, yeah, I was like, that's just. Do you think that, well, that's so disrespectful. See, that's kind of like the influence of music because you've got, now, you know, there's something to, I don't want to say the scandal or the, but there's something to to the kind of the negative side of this walk because the next trend came where the song would come on. And the girls would be doing, beginning the video, kick the leg and maybe do the squat. And then the boyfriend or significant other hears it, comes running in, throws a towel or blanket over the gal, drags her out of the room. Or the girl pretends to pick up weights and do squats or mopping or you know, they do something else. So obviously mm-hmm. there's mm-hmm. now a trend that has ticked to an, to an alternate version. You, you don't want to get caught doing this. Mm-hmm. So obviously that kind of indicates that, yeah, there might be something a little bit risque to what we're doing because we don't want to get caught doing it and the boyfriends hear it and so they run into the room and they try to get the girl to stop, you know, mm-hmm. and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But do you think there's some sort of 
because of the music that influences us, how much of an influence do you think that type of thing has on the younger generation that is huge into like TikTok and music? I mean, let's not just pick on Cardi B. Uh, Post Malone, I was going to, when I post on Instagram pictures, it's usually attached to a music, like a music slide, or there'll be some, some piece of music to just kind of mix it up a little bit. And someone suggested Post Malone and Rockstar. And the first thing, lyrics out of the gate are something about, you know, banging hoes and popping pills. Okay. And so again, you got the generation today that has the direct download straight to consumer style of purchase. You can put anything out there before you used to have to get your song on the radio. And then that would generate uh, exposure that would then equal radio or record sales. Right. And so there'd be the radio edits. So if there was kind of like a, a song that wasn't quite fit for radio because radio had decency laws and the FCC had, you know, laws that prohibited things being put out on the airwaves. So you'd have this radio edit that was a clean version, you know, no profanity even. And nowadays it goes straight, uh, straight to the consumer so you can put anything out there. And so that buffer isn't there anymore. I remember back in, I think it was the 80s, uh, Tipper Gore, Al Gore's wife, as the story goes, was walking by her daughter's room. And I think it was Two Live Crew was on, was playing. And she heard these lyrics and she's like, what is this? And so it became a huge thing you know two live crew called it a scandal and mm-hmm. other people called it a good thing and there was a fight in the music industry the end result went to congress had all these senate hearings and stuff but the end result was the explicit parental advisory sticker mm-hmm. got put on these albums that were deemed explicit now at the time it boosted revenue sales for the artists so it helped them right. but the flip side was and now parents and people knew that this stuff was explicit and that now, and I think even iTunes today has the little yeah. icon mm-hmm. that says this is explicit. You can choose either version. Yeah. Yeah. So there's still some, but that was something that came out of it where, okay, there wasn't necessarily the censorship of it. Mm-hmm. Although I think that's what she tried to do was ultimately censor it, but there was a, 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 a form of modification that came out. Okay. Parents, here's a warning. If you don't want your kid listening to this, Take note. If you don't care, whatever. Mm-hmm. And so something came out of that. But nowadays, it's like, you know, people just have your, your, even your Spotify, whatever. Go to your phone, you know, the phone, you have your YouTubes, whatever, and you get the music directly and then the video that accompanies it. I mean, think back to like Frank Sinatra. You know, we were talking prior, you know, Frank Sinatra, Strangers in the Night is basically talking about a one night stand. Mm-hmm. And you had mentioned in our conversation, what if that was today, the innocence of that song, even though it's not so innocent, Instead of having a guy in a suit like Sinatra, old blue eyes, you know, crooning the crowd, singing, what if it had a modern-day right. video to it? How would the reception be? Mm-hmm. It might be completely different if, if there was a, you know, risque video or acting out, you know, because in Frank Sinatra's day, you can kind of imagine in your mind whatever you want as you're listening to Now we have, you know, video, and we can see the acting out of the lyrics and the and the artist um, perception of you know how they want to present the song and sometimes the the video is more graphic you know than the words can imagine you know want being <laughs> right well, I know. Video. there's no way that could be a video or ever on the radio so i don't even think i've i don't even know if i've i haven't even checked to see if there is an actual video of the song i would imagine there has to be because nowadays it's everything's video. Yeah, I don't think so. I think it's. I saw that it it has a bunch of down downloads for the audio, but oh. not there's no video to it. See, okay, so you go back. You mentioned you mentioned uh, videos. Obviously, so the '80s, 
I think MTV came out in the early 80s, mm-hmm. 80, 81, something like I that. I saw the very first Friday yeah. night that MTV was ever on the air. First video on MTV. <laughs> Do you remember? No. The Buggles I, video killed the radio star. Was that what it yeah. was? Okay. So, I saw it, but I don't remember what it was. <laughs> so back in the 80s, you would watch. I remember I remember Duran Duran, Girls on Film, Yes, was very scandalous. Mm-hmm. And I never had cable growing up, MTV, so I'd missed all, missed out on all that. But I remember just hearing this buzz about Duran Duran girls on film. I watched that video today. And it's like what? Mm-hmm. Okay, I mean that's like that's like tame. But I remember the '80s. The videos were there were just like some random stuff. Okay, if it was a rock band, you probably had like an on stage live performance feel to it with some backstage stuff. So like you know mm, the the hair bands of the '80s. Sometimes, but there was some weird. But that was the other thing. Yeah. The other videos were just like kind of randomness, yeah. whatever. Very I remember, weird. I think, uh, Duran Duran, I'm not sure if it was Simon LeBond or one of them was talking about making a video and like there'd just be like some random horse walking down the street and then there'd be like some, some fabric that would flutter, yeah. <laughs> you know, and it's like it has nothing to do with the lyrics per se, right? It's just like no, all this kind of randomness. No idea what they were doing back then. <laughs> as they're trying to figure this out. But now today it's very image and very lyric yeah. focused yeah. when it comes to it and the the imagery that you're seeing matches and so the the so the so at the time when you had something like um a music lyrics people maybe might not have known what the lyrics were but now when you when it's reinforced with the visual it makes you wonder like okay how much of this visual is being impacted more so than maybe the lyrics mhm and you know a funny song. My husband loves that song, um, "Drunk on a Plane." Okay. <laughs> Not because of the song, but because of the video. For some reason, it cracks him up. He just thinks it's hilarious. So had that had he not heard that along with the video he doesn't like when it comes on in the car. He doesn't. He's not like, oh, here's my favorite song. It's not like that. But when it, the video comes on TV, for some reason, it like cracks him up and now all of a sudden the song has all new meaning because of the video, the video because yeah. it's hilarious <laughs> well the other thing you take a look okay take a look at genres of music okay so there's different genres of music and when you take a look at let's say country music for example you have a lot of drinking a lot of breaking up and mm-hmm. a lot of trucks mm-hmm. now primarily those are the three main things you might once in a while get something else in there Kick the dog drink a beer right yeah. And that was the added joke. I don't remember, you remember, uh, backwards masking where, like, you had to spin the record backward <laughs> to hear messages from the devil? Supposedly, okay. yes. So the joke yeah, was, was always, the, the yeah. joke was always with country music. You spin a record backwards and the guy gets back together with his girl and uh. he becomes sober <laughs> and he gets his truck back or whatever. That was like the, the joke. Um, because that's what country music thing was. But when you take a look at the different genres of music, it's interesting how, like, country music is a little bit more innocent, although there's still, you know, sort things of, in there. Yeah. yeah. But it's, it's not so in your face. Mm-hmm. You take a look at rock and depending on which group you know when you go back to the 70s the lyrics were more described in maybe everyday type things Mm -hmm. um you know as far as uh take it easy or hotel california you know there's the music you'd have to go into the meanings Mm -hmm. okay what does this actually mean Mm -hmm. you think of don mcclain's american Mm -hmm. pie for example that's the biggest song that a lot of people like okay what does each line Mm -hmm. in this song mean which line is he trying to say in his messaging but it's disguised in lyrics today it's just right there in your face there is no what does this mean it's like right there some some of them taylor swift's new song is everybody's like scrambling to figure out what it means it's about the house that she um bought in maine and about the uh the occupants the former occupants 
And so it's, yeah, it's very, it's kind of coded, you know, the way that she. So there are some, yeah, like the, the Cardi B song, the WAP is definitely in your face. There's nothing to wonder about in that song. It's just right there, you know, out there. Um, I miss the songs from the seventies. Like, um, what did you do that? Like take it easy. Yeah, 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 yeah. Hotel yeah. California. Yeah. Uh, Standing on the corner in Winslow, yes. Arizona. Such a fine sight to see. <laughs> so I always go to the seven women girl, on my, my mind. Lord in a flat. Which one? The, well, the, the lyrics, you know, you say standing on the corner, mine goes to the seven women on my mind. Yes. And it's like, okay, dude, you need to really consider, seriously consider. If you have seven women on your mind, dude, I can't imagine what life would be like. Two that want to own me, three that want to tell me once that she's a friend of mine. Like, yeah, he's got a complicated life, that yeah. guy. But there's the whole song is 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 I think right about it's not about it's not about driving, trucking no, and driving right, yeah. and supply yeah, and demand. And and, it's all sexual yeah. innuendo. Um, so yeah, it it's which is funny because if you go and you actually look up some of the the meanings behind some of these songs, um. And and read what the artists actually say about why they wrote some of these things. Yeah, mm-hmm. the intent is pretty right there. Mm-hmm. But they had to disguise it because of, like, radio and things like that. Now mm-hmm. they don't have to do that. I remember um, – we take a look back at, as far as you're talking about influence of music. I mean, think back to, I think, the mid-'80s because it's not always negative. And I don't want to crap on music because I like music. And like I said, I'm pretty liberal when it comes to music and what I listen to. I listen to all kinds. But you think back to – um the 80s, I think it was 84, when Do They Know It's Christmas from Band-Aid came out, and Bob Geldof, I think, even in fact, I think his, his wife at the time, Paul Yates, had the idea of doing a tribute song or, or a fundraising song, a charity song, to raise money for famine-stricken Ethiopia. And so he got this all-star cast together, did Bob Geldof, and they did Do You Know It's Christmas. And I think Phil Collins, Bono, um, Boy George, I think members of Duran Duran and then a bunch of others were in on this project. So at the time, some pretty big names. And they raised, you know, hundreds of thousands of dollars for Ethiopia. Then the next year in 85, that led to Boy George talking to Bob Geldof and saying we should make this a benefit concert. Well, that sprung Live Aid, which was in England and in the U.S. and one of the most watched events in television history and raised a bunch of money for Ethiopia. And then there were things like Farm Aid and, you know, other things that came from it. Which was the one with um, the guy from Queen when they did uh, yeah, AIDS? Yeah, they, they went to Live Aid. That live, I thought it was raising money for AIDS or, or did well, it there was, um, or maybe he just raised the issue of AIDS at that concert? Oh, well, maybe. That was, the, that was their comeback that really they stole the show there at Live Aid and everyone was like, oh, Queen is back. Right, and then he, Freddie Mercury, but, yeah. and then he died um, of age shortly. Yeah, not, not not too long after he. After. Yeah, I think he, I think it was ninety one when he actually died, but a couple years later, everybody kind of knew, and so he was kind of on his. That was like his last mm-hmm. big hurrah mm-hmm. as far as music goes. Mm-hmm. But then you had things like USA for Africa, and you had what um, Stevie Wonder and a bunch of artists come together and to have USA for Africa. So you had these big, you know, compilations that were like good things. And that was a positive influence on things. And then you had people that would even sing about, you know, like you talk about body imaging. You mentioned Victoria's Secret's angels and how they were supposed to be very skinny and very maybe tall. And just the modeling world, you know, was the Cindy Crawfords and these, you know, L. McPherson's, you know, these tall, slender people. And now they got into, you know, more diverse. But even people would sing songs about, you know, it's okay to be you. Um, you Which know, is I, a lie because. <laughs> why is that? 
because as soon as somebody is, is like, that's what I mean about talking out of both sides of our mouths. We say, oh, be you. But then as soon as you're you, then like, oh, you shouldn't have done that. Well, yeah. Oh, you shouldn't wear that. Oh, don't say that. Like, oh, like we, we shame people for being themselves. So we talk out of both sides of our mouth. Well, that's the thing now recently. So I've been to the beach a lot over the summer and the swimsuits oh. have gone from practically, you know, back in the 50s and 60s where they were what they were, you know, covered pretty much everything, mm-hmm. to now they're very non-existent. Right. It's like a like a um, dental floss. Yeah, it's like you're on a nude beach somewhere. Yeah. Now, again, okay, if you're walking down the beach in that, you're going to get looked at. Mm-hmm. It's going to happen. Mm-hmm. And so then what's your response to that when people are looking at your backside because it's hanging out for all the world to see? And you purposefully... Mm-hmm went and bought that. Mm-hmm. And I've I've asked young women that, and they say, oh, but that's the style. And I'm like, okay, but so it's the style, but but you do understand that half of your butt is hanging out, right? Like everyone well, can say, well, that's the style. That's, um, yeah, they don't, they're not connecting the dots between what people are thinking of them when they're wearing those types of bathing suits. Right. And see, and, that, and that's what I'm talking about because you say that's the style. And a lot of style that we get today comes from the music world, athletes, the influences of people. And we've talked about influences before. But you take a look at the music specifically since that's what we're kind of focusing on. And you look at the dress. Remember Madonna? How yeah. everybody looked yeah. like Madonna in the 80s? <laughs> All those like bracelets and yes. things. And then, you know, they had the mesh or whatever was the netting mm-hmm. and, you know, everything else. I mean, there was... Or what about uh, Pat Benatar? Mm-hmm. You know, how many Pat Benatars were there? I think the movie Clueless, yep. even, well, I think it was Clueless, one of those movies even joked about it. There was like three Pat Benatar looking <laughs> girls in, in the school. Yeah. Like, his, no, that's that Pat Benatar. That's 1982 Pat Benatar. Yeah. That's 84 <laughs> Pat Benatar. And that's 85 Pat Benatar, you know, and they all pretty much look the same thing. Yeah. But there was, but it influences. Yeah. It, and when you have younger people sitting there being influenced by this, Okay, you talk about women. Okay, so if you have women that are on the beach wearing pretty much nothing, and you have guys that are listening to music, okay, that is basically saying that they're objects Mm -hmm. and they're sexual objects. Mm -hmm. So the girls are like, this is the style. Guys should know better. But yet they're listening to music, and the guys that are artists that are singing, hey, these are sexual objects, do what you want with them. Mm -hmm. And there's plenty of songs out there. I don't need to bring any examples up. There's plenty of songs out there, just Google it, that objectify women in a sexual thing. Mm -hmm. Okay, So now you've got these mixed messages. Then you have the the moral people, you know, oh, you shouldn't, you know, sexualize girls on the beach because – but the influences are the same. The girls are saying this is the style. Mm -hmm. The guys are like, this is the style. Mm Mm-hmm. And now there's confusion everywhere. Right. And then we don't like the atmosphere that we've created. And then we have to deal with the aftermath of it. Right. And then we have to deal with the aftermath. So, yeah. Yeah. So it's we're we're kind of, we're very schizophrenic in our society. We talk out of both sides of our mouth. And it's confusing for, for women because we want to be noticed. We want to be liked. We want to be um, paid attention to. And a lot of times we are trained through the media, through advertising, through movies, that if you look a certain way, then you will get attention. And the reason, you know, we're trained by that, by watching the guy's reactions to women that walk down the beach, to women that walk in the room, um, 
you know, we're sitting with them when we're watching, you know, movies or seeing commercials or whatever, we see the reaction and then the expectation is, well, okay, we have to look like that in order to get on the cover or in order to get noticed or get paid attention to. And we've talked about this before, that this is kind of like the wrong way to get attention, but that's what's drilled into us. Like we're just groomed that way. Our eyebrows should be a certain um, shape. Our makeup, you know, should be a certain way. The color that we're wearing this season should be a certain, you know, color. You can't wear white style. after Labor Day, which is coming up. I know. Well, in California. Is that not the rule? We do. We kind of break that rule because it's still hot here for a long time. But you're right. You, you're not supposed to wear white in between Labor Day and Memorial Day. Once Memorial Day comes, you can wear white, not after Labor Day. So it's we have all these rules that we fit into. So then when we say, just be you, oh, but you're breaking the rule. You're wearing white. Well, I'm me. Like, I want to wear white after Labor Day. And so we don't we don't really believe that when we say, just be you, just do you. So that reminds me of a song. I think it's Three Doors Down. Let me be myself. And the, the lyrics are go, uh, just let me be myself. Let me shine in my own right. Mm-hmm. And let me be myself. And basically the, the subject of the song, which I'm sure is written about the band, but they are trying to live up to somebody else's expectations and standards. And it's mm-hmm. usually in a relationship probably. Mm-hmm. And it's like, no, just let me be me. And when they break away, it's like, let me be me. And they realize that by being me, they are now free to be themselves. And I kind of like that song because the the simplified message you can take that to the extreme like anything but the simplified message is be yourself mm-hmm. and you're probably going to be better than having to so the girls in the in the you know bathing suits on the beach with half their stuff hanging out oh that's just the trend but are they comfortable in it what about you know the girls that maybe might have bigger booties than mm-hmm. some of the other ones you know maybe there's their bodies shaped differently so you really can't fit in that you know mm-hmm. and so and so i'll see all these different body types out there trying to conform to this one thing mm-hmm. now if you don't think that music can influence people all you have to do is go back to the 80s to the hair metal bands on the sunset strip <laughs> everybody guys had long hair had, all had the aquanet yep <laughs> they all were skinny jeans. You know, the guys today thinks that the skinny jeans so they true. invented the no, the eighties had the, the 80s skinny had, jeans yes. on the Sunset Strip well they before did. anybody. You had you know the open chest with the yep. chains hanging and all that, you know. And so music does influence people because mm-hmm. it goes back to you know we talked about Madonna, Pavin, or but even on a greater trend, the hair bands of the Sunset Strip, everybody they did looked like it. They and did. so that's the influence that people had, you know. <laughs> you had the Motley Crues and you had the Def Leppards. I mean, how mm-hmm. many people had the Def Leppard, you know, cut up jeans, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. or whatever. Take any any music group. And so the influence of music is pretty big. Now, it's always – it hasn't always been bad. Like we mentioned, there have been some few things that have been good, like, you know, Band-Aid and went to Live Aid, some other things. There have been some people that have been talking about, uh, you know, topics that have been really good, raising awareness for certain things. Mm-hmm. But what about – what about music? And I hesitate to use this, but I think he's a great example of what I mean. People that have put out good music, but maybe their personal lives haven't been the best. And I guess the best way to describe it is Michael Jackson. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. Now, there's been a lot of scandal and controversy around him and things that have gone on mm-hmm. about his personal life. Okay. That if true, and I'm not here to judge or you know, try this thing out on, on here. But if true, it's pretty bad stuff. Mm-hmm. But the music he's put out 
is phenomenal. It's amazing. And some yeah. of it's been groundbreaking and yeah. been, re- you know, repeated and kind of imitated. Yeah. But he's also had songs in there like Man in the Mirror, mm-hmm. talking about the change you want to be starts with you, <laughs> you know, and things like that. So you have a guy who musically has, I think, good music. People may disagree, but whatever. Um, there's nothing really, I mean, there's some things in there that are kind of, um, skirt on the edge of scandalous or risque, but not much. A lot of it says his dance is phenomenal. Mm-hmm. You know, he came up with a moonwalk. Mm-hmm. Um, and so you have a guy like that. So what do you do with people where the music might be good, fun to listen to, but yet maybe the people aren't so great? I mean, you think of people like, uh, you know, James Brown, Chuck Berry over the years. You know, they got in trouble with the law. Other people got in trouble with the law and things like that. So there's always, you know, people aren't perfect. But, I mean, is there something there with a the message that goes beyond the music? And it's like, okay, now the person who's making the music is influencing people in a certain way. Yeah, and, you know, I think that is in every single area, every single genre of life. I can think of football players. I can think of musicians. I can think of politicians. I can think of um, pastors of churches. I can think of um you know, sport, all kinds of people who are influential in society that, um, in their personal lives are kind of messed up. And I think that that's the duplicity of being a human being. I think we're all that way. There's so, there's so many of us that like we're, I think we're pretty good for the most part at hiding the duplicity that we have. Um, but we're all good and bad. Some of us are more you know, tipped in one direction or the other. It's not like we're all 50% good and 50% bad. Some of us are, are you know, 90-10 in either direction or, you know, whatever combination you want to come up with. But we all have this side to us that wants to do what we're not supposed to do, that wants to self-soothe, that wants to, um, that wants to you know, do nefarious things because it feels good and because we're interested in. And I think that's the human condition, honestly. We, because, I mean, you just saw like Jerry Falwell, not a fan of him, but just because it just happened recently. Um, you know, here's a guy who was, you know, the president of a Christian university and has, you know, participating in, in all kinds of adulterous affairs and all kinds of things. So, you know, there's, you know, when you look at Michael Jackson, his move, his music is amazing, huge, huge talent. But if, if, all of those things are true that he did. I mean, that's terrible. So what do you do with a football player who is, um, you know, committing violence, you know, against his family or a musician who is a drug addict or, um, you know, accused of, of molesting children or a preacher who is, you know, having like, I, it's just, um, we become very hypocritical at that point if we're not honest about, you know, who we are and what we're doing and, and we lose, if we don't have good discernment about who we're following and who we're being influenced by, then we kind of go down that path along with them. Um, but I think it just goes to show the, the, the confusion, the hypocrisy, the duplicity of human beings in general. I mean, I think we all do it. Every single one of us. I do it. I'm not. As solid as I would like to be, but <laughs> right. No, that's what people always ask me in the past. And and you have you have a, a Christian upbringing or background that you talk about. And so that was always the question was like, how can you listen to secular music mm-hmm. and have a faith? Mm-hmm. And the the response was always like, you know, well, for me it was always like, well, you know, you you can't 
you can't put them two in the same because you're in this world and things are this world. And there are things that are in this world that are really good that aren't there. Like for me, it was always, okay, so they're not using their talents maybe for the best, but they have God-given talents that I can enjoy. Mm -hmm. Then I can pick and choose the lyrics of the songs that I want to listen to Mm -hmm. because not all of it's bad. I mean, you could take a look at any uh, love song, you know, take a look at at, at any standard. I mean, I think of uh, Michael Bublé who did a remake of Save the Last Dance, Mm -hmm. and I'm just kind of going through it in my head, and I can't really think of anything bad about that song, you know. Or you take a look at somebody like a Beethoven who has no lyrics, it's just music. Okay, does that then disqualify him from anything negative because it's all, there's no lyrics and it's all instrumental? Yeah, so I think, yeah, I, I think you mentioned Christianity and, and how we judge music and how we, um, there, there are a lot of people who say that, you know, Christians shouldn't listen to rock music. Um, this is a different topic, but let me just make this statement and then I want to go back to the, um, the NWA. Um, Christianity, I think there are a lot of pockets right now that are just completely going off the rails. I'm just going to say that. I believe in Jesus, but um, there are a lot of pockets of Christianity right now in this day and age, in the middle of all of this mess and heading into this upcoming election that they have completely gone off the rails, completely gone off the rails. So... um like I said, that's a little bit of a different topic, but I don't, but so the reason why I'm bringing that up is because when we say that something is all bad or all good, I think we are already on the, on the wrong track. And people have said that and people say, oh, you should not listen to rock music at all. You should not, um, there's certain kind of movies that you should not watch at all. And I think to throw the baby out with the bathwater is not good discernment. I don't think there's a lot of really good music out there we have to pay attention to where our mind goes like if our if we're listening to a song and our mind goes in the wrong direction then for you that's not a good song i can listen to that eagles and sing that song all day long and it, and and people might say oh it's you know bothering your it's in your subconscious and you're thinking those things I sing it. It makes me happy. I don't think anything about it. I move on with my day. It doesn't like take me in a wrong direction. You can sing so, Midnight Toker and I, I want to light sing, up. Exactly. I could sing Midnight Toker. I love singing that song. And no, I don't want to go, you know, light up. So I, I don't, I think that's just silly when people say that, that they could just throw out an entire genre of music. I think it's, it's just silly. But so now I also watched the movie, um, straight out of Compton and it was the talking about the history, you know, of the NWA, how they got started, um, Snoop Dogg and I think ice cube, ice or cube tea, or ice, ice tea, ice cream, ice somebody. I apologize for those of you who know the movie and I'm botching it completely. I haven't seen it, so I don't know. It is really, really good. You got it, especially as a music person. It's a really, you would, it's fascinating. Um, but so some of their lyrics, you know, the NWA, they, they were, it was a big scandal because they were saying, you know, F the police and they were, but when you watch the movie, you understand where these lyrics came from. So when, so I remember the controversy and the scandal when the songs were coming out, I was like, oh my gosh, there's this group that's, you know, talking about the police and, and singing about, you know, having violence about the police and, you know, this is just really wrong and, you know, whatever. And when you hear it just in that setting, it's like, oh my gosh, that sounds horrible. But when you watch the movie and you understand that they're singing about the neighborhood that they grew up in, they're singing about the hood and about the discrimination and about the um, the oppression that they were experiencing in the hood, you understand where those lyrics came from. And so at the end of the movie, I was like, okay, I get it. I understand where they came from, and I'm actually okay with it. 
um, not because there should be violence against police, but because it's a historical music and poetry and writing are historical records of of our life of what we're going through. The romance songs, the the you know. I guess, I don't know if we could say WAP is in there, I guess. I don't know that that's necessarily a historical thing, but I guess that is where we are right now, this this vulgar, sexual, in-your-face, you know, lyric, I guess. Um, but I wasn't, I, I was kind I was okay with the fact that, like, okay, I understand where NWA got these lyrics, I understand why they wrote them, I understand um, the pushback that they had. Now, a white kid in a privileged neighborhood who's never had any any inkling of racism or trouble with the police or anything like that, and he's singing the lyrics, you know, F the police, that I have a problem with because he, this is, that was not his experience. And so commercializing it to people who don't have that experience and who didn't, and that wasn't their point anyway. It was, they were, the NWA was just singing to their community. They had no idea it was going to explode, you know, worldwide. But, so yeah, I have a problem with a white kid singing those lyrics. Not and and again, not that I I should think that there's violence against the police. I don't think that at all. Um, because we're we're living in horrible horrible times. I'm just saying that I understand where the lyrics came from. And so sometimes we have to look at lyrics in their historical context. Sometimes we have to put it in like, okay, now where is this coming from? Why is this? You know, we can't just dismiss something at face value. I think is what I'm trying to say. Well, a lot of people write songs, you know, from experience and especially right. all the breakup songs. You right. think of, you know, every rose has its thorn, keeping on the theme of the hair bands. You know, Mike, uh, Brett Michaels wrote that song after he called his girlfriend and heard another guy in the uh, background. <laughs> right? So it's personal experience, right? People like the poet needs the pain. Ouchie, right? ouchie, yeah. So there's the, you write from personal experience. You know, you mentioned, you mentioned going off the rails. It reminds me of Ozzy Osbourne, who is probably, during his his heyday was probably one of the guys that was probably vilified the most. Yeah. But going off the rails on a crazy train I is the lyric. I love that song. And it's like, <laughs> and, and who's Ozzy? Here's Ozzy Osbourne talking about uh, learning to love and forget about hate. Yeah. So people dismiss him, and I'm like, dude, that's like has the, the coolest message yeah. ever, besides it's a cool song. But yeah. it has like, what well, he's talking about, you know, forgetting hate and learning yeah. to love. And it's like this is coming from those vilified guy of uh, rock music, probably one of the all time. Yeah, and I, I love that song. I, I, it's the other reason why, well, here's the other thing. The really, other reason why I bring up uh, Christian music is because there's a lot of, that was the thing. It was like, why don't you listen to Christian music if you like rock or listen to uh, music that's going to influence you for the good? And it was always like, well, it's not the same. It's not the same. Well, for me, like in the rock world, for example, there are bands like Skillet. Like, I love Skillet. I mean, it's great music. It's positive, And you get the same rush mm-hmm. coming out of it as you do listening to any other rock song. I mean, mm-hmm. you just get an extreme rush. And when you go, I love their concerts because mm-hmm. they're, like, the best I've ever been to. Um, you listen to other ones. Like, I remember Petra growing up. There'd yeah. be Petra. And, and Petra, again, another yeah. rock group. And I um, think Korn, the modern-day Korn, is po- like. Yeah, uh, Brian Head Welch. Right. He now has um, uh, more positive direction music. In his songs, right? Yeah, yeah. and yeah. So there, yeah. so there is music out there that if you like the beat, if you like the rawness, if you like that, you could probably find it. And and you're and you're concerned about lyrics. There's music out there that you can find to match what it is that you're looking for with probably mm-hmm. more of a positive content. Mm-hmm. You know, you think about like I said, uh, anywhere from um, 
you know, the mid eighties and into today and now, and a lot of stuff is even more mainstream. I think, uh, Striper, which, uh, was known as a Christian rock band, they were always just upset with the Christian rock band. They were just a rock band mm-hmm. who were Christian. That right. was the way they viewed it. Right. They didn't view it as anything. And so if you take that approach to it, there's a lot of music out there that has positive. Mm-hmm. Well, there's um, a lot of people who are musicians who are Christian. Not in the Christian genre. They're in the pop right. and the rock and, and all the other genres, but um but they just happen to be But so you Christian can find music. it. So there are there is so people that are out there that are saying, Well, I need to listen to this because I like this style. Yeah, I might not like the lyrics, but I like this. There's probably a lot of things out there, mm-hmm. you know, that you can find that's similar to what it is that you prefer. I mean, you know, people like country music. Pop music and country music is pretty much the same now. You know, pretty, I mean, all close. the crossovers. <laughs> I mean, you still have a few people that are more yeah. twangy and, and country. Yeah. But the Carrie Underwoods, the Taylor Swifts, they all came from the country genre. They're mm-hmm. all pop. Mm-hmm. You know, you think of Lady A, mm-hmm. formerly known as. Uh, you think of Kelly Pickler, some of these people. They were all heavy country. Now they're more mainstream pop. I don't know what Kelly Clarkson was, but, uh, you know, she, she was American country. Idol. Yeah. But, yeah, but she came she, out and she's now only considered pop. Right. So again, there's a lot of similar music. So when you say, oh, I have to because, and I just tolerate the lyrics, well, maybe there's other music out there you just gotta explore. And there's other styles of music that maybe you haven't explored. I mean, I've done that over the years, and especially with a lot of foreign language music. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of foreign language music, like Latin music, that I enjoy listening to. Mm-hmm. Sometimes I don't even know what they're saying. I don't want to know what they're saying. I don't want to know what the interpretation is because it's probably lost in translation. Yeah, but it's just nice to but listen to. But it's just to. nice to have the, the yeah. what, whatever it is I think it is yeah. that they're saying. And the, and the little bit of Spanish that I can pick up, it's like, oh, that's what the song's about. Mm-hmm. So for me, when it comes down to music and the influences, you know, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta pick and choose for yourself. You know, it comes down to, you know, so if you like WAP and that, and that wants to be your influence, more power to you. Um, if you think that is a bad thing, well, just turn it off. Uh, if you think it's a bad influence on others and you want to take action, well, I guess, you know, maybe something good comes from it, like what uh, Tipper Gore did. You know, mm-hmm. you had the advisor thing. I don't know, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the thing is, is that, you know, there's going to be, there's always going to be music. There's always going to be the influence. And I'm always hoping that there's going to be good music put out there because there's been times where there's been nothing but just bad music. I'm not talking there about a couple decades. Yes. That, that I think the nineties, are we referring to the, the 90s? mid nineties? <laughs> uh, the early to mid nineties. Yes. That was the pretty yeah, the bad. 90s, yeah. The nineties were pretty rough, especially the early. Yeah. It was like the nineties. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So there's always been kind of some bad. I've found some gems in there. But there's been some bad music along my, the way. My go-to is the 60s and 70s yeah. rock. That's that's pretty much, if I'm going to go, you know, pick a playlist, I, you know, I, I my, ask for the new, 60s and 70s my rock. My new favorite artist right now, and there's some songs that can go either way, but it's Ava Max. Ava Max. You gotta, yeah, you got you to gotta, uh, search her to, up. Yeah. That's kind of like my new favorite uh, okay. artist. Right? Most anything she's been putting out the last four or five songs, uh, Sweet But Psycho, um, King and Queens, mm-hmm. a couple things like that. Um, the last four or five songs I've gotten from her, I've, I've, I've enjoyed. So she's like on my, my new, I'll have to my look new her up. artist. She might not even be new. I don't know, but I've just recently discovered <laughs> her. But, um, but yeah, so anyways, just, you know, so the music does influence. And so you just got to check how you want to be influenced. And then you make the decision. And, um, and I think it's like with anything in life, there are so there's movies and books and music and, 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 magazines and all kinds of things that influence us and we just have to decide the kind of people that we want to be and then um whatever it is that we're consuming should probably be putting us in that direction if it's taking us in the wrong direction or causing feelings in us that we don't want then turn it off don't look at it don't read it so i got the i got the next uh 
TikTok thing for you to do for your. Okay. You need to look up chicken wing, chicken wing, hot dog macaroni, and no. check out those videos. You might be able to do one. Yeah, I'm pretty sure I'm not going to mm. do that. All right. <laughs> no, I want to see you do it. You're the no. TikTok. Now I'm going back to the dirty words of the day uh-huh. for ASL. Uh-huh. That's what I'm sticking to. Yeah, I, I want to see you doing the chicken wing on no. TikTok. Hey, we are, uh, <laughs> speaking of, uh, I don't know, chicken wings, but we are Two Steps Ahead Podcast. Highline the stuff we've stepped in so you don't have to. Hey, you can find us on uh, Instagram at Two Steps Ahead, T-W-O, Two Steps Ahead Podcast. Now, if you go to the link in the bio, you click on it, you'll have some options. Options to listen to the show, like on Spotify and Pandora, SoundCloud, Google, even iHeartMedia. You'll have options to view us, like on YouTube, so you can click on those options and it'll actually take you to these pages. Uh, there's a swag shop, so if you click on the swag shop, that'll take you to our merchandise page where you can buy merchandise. Um, so there's different options there for you to be able to do different things. It's a link tree, and so you just go to TWO, Two Steps Ahead Podcast on Instagram, and you can... Um, Click that link tree and a bunch of options come up. Or you can just Google search Two Steps Head Podcast, TWO, and we pop up. My personal Instagram is at Edem Rocks, E-I-D-E-M-R-O-C-K-S, E-I-D-E-M-R-O-C-K-S. I have the same link tree. A couple different options, but, again, you can find everything you want there. Your Instagram is? My Instagram, I am at Tara Hoke Shiro, T-A-R-A. H-O-K-E-S-C-H-I-R-O. And I also have a link in my bio that will take you to my website. Pretty much the same. Um, there's a merchandise store. There's all of the YouTube videos are in a library um, there as well. And I also have a blog that I write in addition to um, the stuff that I post on Instagram. Yeah. Uh, so it's not at WAP Queen. No. <laughs> oh. Okay. Terribly awkward maybe, but not yeah. WAP Queen. Okay. Yeah. No. Hey. Thanks for listening. Do tell a friend. Let yourself be great. Take your passion. Make it happen. Be kind and don't be an a-hole. We'll see you next time.